All right, welcome back to the Orca Man podcast. Everybody, today I am here with my mother. So my mom is my mom at the end of the day. I'll say I'll let you introduce a little bit about yourself because you know you're more than a mother at the end of the day as well. At the end of the day. At the end of the yeah, day. Pretty just much a mom. <laughs> I am Jen. Um, yes, Fred's mom. And um I've I don't know what what do you want to know? What do you do? I am a real estate agent in the Metro Boston area. Um, but that was not my first career. That is my second career. Um, I started out as a high school English teacher and worked for about 15 years mm-hmm. before stopping, raising the kids and finding a new path. So, there you go. Um, from Los Angeles, born and bred, go Dodgers. <laughs> what was it today? Um, you said you four years ago you were going what's called going insane on facebook with the award series or yeah. who's the the playoffs were going on yes so posted about the dodgers um especially since you know i was a diehard fan back in the 80s 81 88 uh, i was a kid i was a high school student um so yeah it was uh it's been a great run to watch them come back and start to play well again yeah Woo-hoo. well go dodgers go dodgers, go dodgers. Well, it's funny how I was laughing when I first came back because I was thinking about texting you actually this week and I was like, hey, like, what are you doing on like Saturday? Like, maybe we could do it over Zoom and then like surprise you. So for anybody who doesn't know, right now I'm actually back in Boston. He's Um, here. Yeah. If you watch the beginning of this tape, wherever you're listening to it or um, otherwise from, it's like we spent the whole last five minutes trying to figure out where to sit in the house. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. But I did come back, and this is actually where I want to start off. I did come back for my youngest sister's swim meet. Her, she like, she's senior this year, and for a lot of the last year of high school in the United States, they'll try to celebrate all of the students and athletes that are finishing up their last season. So the team that she's swimming for, I swam for previously, and uh different schools but even so like it was one of the things that I really wanted to come back for for a whole number of reasons totally surprised us yeah quite quite fun I was not expecting that it was really fun to walk in and have Allie go yeah you're not here even this morning she walked into the room she's like what like no exactly (laughs) exactly we we, were floored I, I can't believe you made the trip and I think it um really made her day I, I think it made her weekend I'm glad I'm glad definitely but the place I want to start at like asking you just in general you know the swim story better than quite literally anybody else as far as I know how much and this is just me curious from before because swim has been a part of my life for about as long as I've lived right Pre- previous to me starting to join did you like what was your experience with the sport of swimming, if at all? Interestingly enough, when I was a child, uh, I grew up in a um, small town south of uh, Inglewood, California. I grew up in Gardena. And across from my dad's office, from grandpa's office, was the Gardena Swim Club. And as a child, I took swimming lessons there and I swam 
I mean, competitively, but only amongst the other kids in the club. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh yeah. I remember. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I, (laughs) I remember getting all the way up to Barracuda status, which was a pretty (laughs) big deal. Other than that, I mean, once, once I became a teenager and I went to high school and that swim was no longer something I did. Yeah. I didn't swim competitively in high school or anything else. So swim was something that I did as a child. Mm-hmm. And then it came back into my life with you kids. And it started with you kids simply as a life skill. We knew that being able to swim was like riding a bike. It was something that we wanted you to know how to do, whether or not you ever wanted to do it or like it. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. we put you in you know, swim lessons near the house in East Boston in, uh, in actually Revere. Mm-hmm. And somewhere I have a video, up. somewhere there's a video of you at four board. years old walking very gingerly to the edge of the diving board and being afraid to jump in. <laughs> but then you did. And we all screamed. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I think it's definitely on one of the tapes or one of the DVDs that we have. I think we might even have it like digitally somewhere. It's, I, we'll see. I, if couldn't, I, I couldn't tell you where it is, but it exists. Yeah. If I do find it and I'm able to capture it, I'll throw it up on my Instagram at the same time that this goes out, ideally. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. Um, uh, I can do a little search too. I'm sure I have a clip of it. <laughs> it's not, so it's, it's just, grainy. It's not going to be great quality. Oh, but no, 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 by no means. It's, it's, it's the Orca taken Man. On a cam, taken on a camcorder. His, right. <laughs> I, yeah. Probably, yes. Yeah, I know, guaranteed. Like it's, <laughs> I believe that thing was first on the tape. Right. If I, had, right. if I had to put money on it, yeah. if I had to put money on it. So the transfer though from swimming lessons to competitive swimming, I'm like 70% sure that was my, like not prerogative, but it was a choice that I kind of made, but you pushed me towards it. How did that come up? You, or like, what do you remember from like that time? You wanted to be a whale trainer. Yeah. And you were very, very young. So you knew that there might be an opportunity later on in life to study marine biology or something related to animals. But we were trying to find ways to uh, capture your passion and yeah. give you something tangible that you could do now at that moment in time. You were probably like eight or nine, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about, well, what does a whale trainer need to, what skills does a whale trainer need to have in order to do their job? Yeah. And the very first thing that came up was you just needed to be a super strong swimmer. And the best way to do that was to keep you in the pool as much as possible. So we yeah. found the Revere Sand Sharks swim Damn. team. Yeah. And we found them because that's where you took swimming lessons and they had the swim team out of the pool that you took mm-hmm. swimming lessons in. So it was a natural progression to just go from you taking lessons into yeah. being a part of their swim club. Wow. Yeah. And it was the sole goal was that at that point in time, mm-hmm. because of your interest, it was a way to keep you or give you 
a way an uh, an access point to yeah. getting to where you eventually wanted to be. So I'm I'm impressed with you and dad for a large number of reasons. But this is like one very specific example of the way that you guys have thought and kind of like nudged us in certain directions that we might not have otherwise dove into as much as possible pun completely intended. Um, when you were first thinking about having kids and when we were very, very young and started to like actually peak interest and stuff, what were some of the conversations that you and dad had when that was going on to be like, oh no, like you don't just, you don't, not everybody dives into somebody's like a kid's, their kid's passion to an extent where like, you want to be a killer whale trainer. Awesome. They're like, no, you want to be a killer whale trainer. You should want to do something about it right now. This is, this is the avenue to actually make that happen. Was there I, actual conversations that you guys had or was there like, was it, how conscious was it or was it like to, to make those decisions I or was it just a think, part of it? Yeah. I don't think your father and I had these in-depth thoughtful conversations about how do, how do we help him get to that no. point? I, I think it was more about sustaining passion. You were interested in something and we didn't want you to lose that. And the only way to not lose it is by um, indulging in it. So we took you to SeaWorld as often as we could. We adopted you an orca. We got you into the pool and made yeah. you, you know, gave you opportunity to be a strong swimmer so that there was always a connection to that thing that just, light you know put the light in your eyes that's true of your two sisters as well yeah um and in different ways and i think you know that kind of led santa to bringing baxter to the house on christmas morning for jackie i think yeah. it led to Allie uh having dance lessons and and being part of a dance team or dance troupe for all those years mm -hmm. and participating as much as possible in drama events yeah. I, I think it was just natural for me. And, and I will say this, and maybe your father has a different perspective because he was totally on board with everything. Mm -hmm. But as a teacher, yeah, I dealt with high school students and I would get into those conversations about when you were a child, what were your passions? What did you love? And, and yeah. I would get these great stories about things that they really enjoyed whether it was music or sports or a specific animal like you or yeah. a, a, a job or whatever it was and I asked them well then how come you're not working towards that now and they said I don't know it just it was something I did as a kid it wasn't something that followed me yeah but you could see how excited they were talking about those childhood passions yeah and how if there was just somebody there to kind of guide them or push them or give them a little insight or direction to hone those passions into something that could be real, mm -hmm. then maybe they'd have a different attitude in high school. Maybe they'd have a different pathway when, you know, they got out of high school, whether it was college or not college or something else. But I, I saw a lot of um, kids in high school with dimmed lights in their eyes. 
Yeah. They were just there for the ride because it's what they had to do with no real goal or understanding as to where they were headed or what they were going to do with life. And life like became, what could be. Right. Life became about getting a job yeah. instead of doing something you love. So I'd say that that like, as soon as you say it, you begin to see it in a bunch of people that even I went to high school with, or like even people that I know now that have finished university. Was it even like, was that idea even more hammered home once you started teaching? Or like you saw it to like a larger extent, especially to you, there was only so many people who were able to see like a couple spells of high school students. Usually you only see high school students all the time when you're in. <laughs> Right. I think, I mean, I was a teacher long before I was a parent and I knew that being a teacher and you can talk to auntie Lisa or auntie Mary or auntie Lori who have been educators that it informs how you parent. It informs Mm -hmm. how you raise your own kids because you've seen students come through your classroom that are super excited about something and you find out how they were able to maintain that excitement or you find kids that have no vision of what their 35-year-old self looks like, no vision of what their 25-year-old self looks like. So I think being a teacher really helped guide how I wanted to be a parent. So yeah, I and, and I knew that being passionate about something, I, I was never on board. And I, and, I, and I credit your grandparents actually mm-hmm. with this ideal that you should do something you love that can make you money. Yeah. Um, and most things that people love can make them money in some way. So to find that passion in one of you kids and drive it home and keep it alive for you. And here we are, right? Here <laughs> and, we are, yeah. Orca man, here we this are. It's about <laughs> as full of a culmination as it can be. I was <laughs> right? like, I still, even as I'm like entering into a lot of the conversations that I am in like the circles, like the most recent time that I was on Friday Harbor was like two weeks ago. And I like got drinks with the GIS coordinator who I've been friends with and working with for about a year now. I saw people who are promoting a documentary that they just started working or they just like finished and premiered like this past like month or two that I've like gotten in contact with recently and like excited to continue to like work with or excited to work with going forward and things like that. Right. But I'm starting to see myself in a community that I didn't know existed, let alone could have dreamed of at the time when I was saying like, oh no, like I want to go, I want to go be a killer whale trainer because it's, this is vastly different from that because there are people that are 22 and killer whale trainers, but it's still just as exciting. Right. All, all around. Like that, that trip was a, one of the highlights of my life being able to go down and casually run into people being like, oh, these are very important people within the orca community. And not only do I know them, they know me and people who I haven't met yet are aware like that's that's insane right I think you hit on something very important and that's the journey doesn't necessarily end up where you started 
where your oh. where your thought was and where you started. I mean, when you were seven, eight, nine, ten, you wanted to be a killer whale trainer. You thought you were gonna go to work for SeaWorld and be in the Believe Show. That was that was your vision. And show. now here we are, 22 years old, and people are asking me, oh, he he studied marine biology. And I said, actually, no. <laughs> He didn't. He was in the College of Geography and he has a degree in environment and sustainability. And that's not something we talked about when you were 10. That's not something we talked about when you were 15. It's not something that I knew existed when I was 18. Exactly. And I I think that's, for me, that drives home the point of one thing that we've always taught you kids is to create opportunities, open doors, and be willing to explore what's out there. Because even I would never have guessed that a degree in environment and sustainability in the College of College of Geography would have brought you to this point. Like I I couldn't have planned that even when you were applying to colleges. No, not not a question in the slightest. And the the one the talk that I had with Bruno was really nice. If only because of the, we actually watched it before he's even aired, but all of the stages, even once I got, so like forever, the goal was killer whale trainer. And then like from 12 to 18, it was Pacific Northwest. I was like, mm-hmm. oh no, I want to go out to like Seattle and like San Juan Islands and things like that. And then, you know, 17, 18, I'm like, British Columbia exists. That's pretty cool. Um, but even after that, once I got to the school, it was, it was amazing, but it was also sitting down and being like, well, what, what do I do now? Um, so that, that actually, that podcast goes through a lot of the like explicit journey that I had within the four years, which was like an amalgamation and even more orca centric than the rest of my life, which is very, very, very hard to like, (laughs) that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. No, (laughs) cause your life was pretty much orca centered. From the get-go. <laughs> yeah. I remember so, I remember going back to the swim club. I remember when you were swimming for the sand sharks and you swam against the Mystic Valley Swim Club killer whales. Oh, yeah. And that was even before we had thought of moving to Medford. So, you know, when we moved and the opportunity came for you to switch swim clubs and go swim at Mystic Valley uh, for the killer whales, it yeah. was like fruition. <laughs> that was amazing. When, probably didn't hear the end of it the day that they showed up. I can remember, I don't remember much from Revere in general. There's like very mm-hmm. few things with the pool or otherwise. But I can remember sitting on one side of the, it's like if you're looking at the pool directly at the diving board, you're sitting on the right side, like Mystic Valley team came in through the left and walking up and I saw all their like bathing suits. I was like, what the fuck? Like, no way. Like, that's not, that's not real. No one actually like has it. Um, yeah. That's hysterical. Yeah, that was, that was funny when we realized it. And then that they weren't one of the teams. I, and that was my first thought when I saw them being the killer whales, I was like, oh, this is going to be like a whaling team or way out in Western Mass or something like that. And they weren't, they were right in our backyard and it was very accessible. And I was like, okay, that's kind of apropos that Fred could be on the killer whales. Well, yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's, it is amazing for a number of reasons how 
like once you start looking for something it will show up literally everywhere like yes. right now so i'm very into harry potter as you know but other people might not um i quit quidditch in college my sophomore second year but the just, third can we just put you you were in quidditch i was and in quidditch quit. i played for the university of british columbia thunderbirds as a keeper and like on the website like if you look up oh, my yeah. name and ubc yep. like there's a picture of me on the like my ubc kid. athletics website for my keeper. Kid. um yep. also That's... yeah that oh, not only that i have a newspaper from my senior year in high school where it was like me and this other kid troy who got like it was they were doing like an onion version of the paper of like our school paper yeah. and so we had to like hold up banners that we got into d1 schools for quidditch which i was like that's hysterical <laughs> and, and then you did and then less than eight months later i was going to read canadian regionals in calgary i was like okay this is special <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, if you if you want to roll that into, you know, honing your passions, right? Yeah. So you were not a one track, you know, person, right? So you enjoyed when dad would read you the Harry Potter series when they first came out. I mean, you were you were so young when um, those when those books first came out that dad actually got you into them he read yeah. them to you at night and that magical world opened up just a fire in you and so between the orcas and harry potter you you know you had multiple things that that kind of like brought you joy and yeah. i've been talking lately especially with your aunt about like things that bring you joy and to really think about the things that bring you joy the things that have always brought you joy or the things that you didn't know, you know, until you started thinking yeah, about it, like, wow, you know, that really brings me joy. And so these passions, right? Even though Harry Potter became this like magical world that necessarily wasn't accessible like orcas, right? Uh, yeah. You know, um, short of getting into filmmaking or um, <clears throat> something of, of that nature, you know, orca training was a real, thing that you could tangibly attain um yeah. being a wizard it's a world that i could it's a world that i could walk into right being a wizard you know uh that a, little would be a little different a little different but you always found ways to you know to, to there's ways there ways to include it enjoy that passion right enjoy that you know make make those things that are bring joy to you so there's there's two stories that i'll do here the first is the fact that the reason that I brought up Quidditch in the first place is because in my third year, when I didn't play, they released their jerseys for the year and they had killer whales on them. On the Quidditch so, jerseys? On the Quidditch jersey. Stop. So I have a, so I have a, I have a Quidditch universe. I have, I have a Quidditch jersey from the University of British Columbia with my name and the number four on it, with killer whales on the back. Stop it! I've never seen that. And I had nothing to do with it. That is, I wasn't on the that's team. That's the universe speaking to you, buddy. I was in the right place. Yeah, that's the I, universe. I saw them post that and I texted the captain immediately. I was like, I, I'm buying one of those. By I the need way, that. just like, I just, I, it's fine. I don't care what it is. Like, I am, I'm going to keep that and I'm going to frame it. I love that it has your number and your name on it too. Oh, yeah. No, it is, it is about as like, 
if you showed what nine-year-old me that you're like what <laughs> would have gone insane that would have beaten that would have beaten the um the train the hogwarts express the hogwarts express yes and um, for those of you that don't know that story uh santa brought him a replica of the hogwarts express actual running i think n scale train yep. um one christmas and we have a video and it sticks in my head because I remember watching it live, but I also remember wanting to videotape his reaction to opening it and Fred and it's, you know, <laughs> in all of his gump, um, opened it and then proceeded to say, oh my gosh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets Hogwarts Express train. It's just what I always wanted for Christmas. It's like out of <laughs> a script. Yes, just just the fact that you laid out every piece of of what it was was hysterical. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Well, and this is something that I think I've come to like appreciate a lot. I mean, you, like you guys indulge in passions, but like yeah. passions are joy at the end of the day. You can you can find a lot of fun in very very minute things. The fact the fact that I had and was like, oh, throughout the years, I've gathered a bunch of things, both Orca and Harry Potter related. One of them, or like one of the things that I'll gather is like, I really like all the like costumes from Harry Potter, like the robes and the sweaters and things like that. Really, they're like nice quality and stuff. But like my first couple weeks at college, I met Coral and Riley. And the reason that the three of us, like Coral Riley and I hung out one night is because it was like the night of September 1st before, it was like the night before the Hogwarts train leaves. And I was like, yeah, I got like a bunch of shit upstairs. <laughs> they were like, all right, like we're putting it all on right now and like running around campus. And it was like, it's so dumb and stupid. And like the majority of anybody who doesn't care is gonna be like, what the hell? But at the time it's like, it's just fun. And it was able to like build something that has lasted the four years and will go forward too, which is going to be a blast. You know how we've been talking about core memories. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like that's a core memory for you on, on how you and Coral and Riley solidified that we're going to be friends for life <laughs> because of this. This core memory is going to inform our relationship for life, right? That's yeah. a core memory. Well, there's, there's a number of reasons too why I think it's so great. Well, like shared interest is one thing, but you can have shared interest in anything. But the shared interest and ability to like, to say screw it and yeah. like run around and enjoy it. Like right. we were sober. <laughs> uh, right. It was, it was, no, we were like, it was just, it was just fun. Right. And being able to do that, like something like that and have it be just fun is not something that everyone can get on board with. No, but I also think that um, it, it speaks to them having a passion too. Yeah. And finding other people. And this, you kind of spoke about this on the podcast with dad about going to Friday Harbor for the first time and being on the ferry mm -hmm. and running into Lorna, yeah. but then other people who were just like you with yeah. this free willy history memory and then 
you know, it, it drove that, like they were just as fanatical as you were. And so finding other people that share that passion opens up a whole new world. And I think you've talked about that on a couple of different podcasts about how, you know, you realize, oh, wait, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> it's when, when you're separated from it or you're not actively seeking it out in a number of ways. And also too, every, like, everything looks a thousand miles away until all of a sudden some like you walk through a door, somebody welcomes you in. Like those, those two things are really key to kind of like realizing that something is tangible. Right. The killer whale world was about as fake as the Harry Potter world until, until Friday Harbor. Right. Like they might as well have been in the same place because who on earth it can produce a spell or like killer whales as much as me. Like, <laughs> right, right. Those people, those people are like, they're, they're mystical. It doesn't exist. Right. Um, and it's one of the things even too, since starting the TikTok that I think has been really like the most eye-opening. There's mm-hmm. a lot of fun parts, but it's, it's one of the things where I can sit down and like, I remember sitting and reading and getting excited about like, like getting excited to watch Free Willy by myself. Right. Um, to then like be interacting with hundreds of thousands of people who are like no this is really cool and I'm like I'm really into this I didn't know anybody else was I'm like oh like I I can show you everybody else who is now actually I I know a lot of them at least (laughs) and they know you I can can bridge it and they know me which is can we can we talk for a minute about your TikTok sure go for it I mean like first of all 250,000 followers almost yeah what that's like i i say this i still don't it doesn't register to me right so i i want you to understand like i'll say this to people that i meet yeah I, I say to them, oh, you know, they asked me, what's Fred doing? What's Fred doing? I was like, well, you know, he's working, making a living, whatever. But really what he's trying to do is hone this social media platform. Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, what, what, what's he on? And I said, well, you can follow him on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. And then I'll pull up your TikTok. And they're like, he has 249,000 bot. Like what? <laughs> and, and I curse you. I curse you because TikTok was the last social media platform that I was going to get on. Like there was no reason for me to be on it. I remember when Allie was on it and she was doing all these, you know, the, the silly dances and, you know, the trends and everything else. And, and I didn't recognize TikTok as a social media platform in that way. Right. Yeah. Until you got on. So I wasn't on TikTok. I was on every other, you know, I'm on Snapchat, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, you name it, LinkedIn, Twitter. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then I said, well, since you're starting TikTok, I like want to be a part of that. I want to at least know what it is. And I got on. <laughs> Dad was away on a business trip. Allie was at a friend's house. I was by myself in the house. I was like, oh, it's nine o'clock. I'm like, I'm gonna go lay down in bed and I'm just gonna like, you know, I'm just going to download this app and see what it's about. So I downloaded the app. It was 9.15. I'm laying in bed, 9.15 at night. Uh, Find you, you know, follow your page. And then I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what the rest of this content is. Mm -hmm. So I go to the For You page and I just start scrolling. (laughs) 3.45 in the damn morning. 
I'm texting you after watching an eight part series about some guy charged with murder and his alibi, alibi was that he was at the Dodger game and they were filming a movie and they had to go to the movie studio to get the cut that wasn't released yet for the movie to prove his innocence because the murder took place at the time he was at the Dodger. And I'm watching this eight part series and I was like, I have fallen down this rabbit hole and I I need to get, and I remember texting you because it was only midnight where you were one in the morning and I texted you and your response was, oh mom, close the app, (laughs) put your phone down and go to bed. Seven hours, Fred. You've Ooh. never spent that long on anything. I have never spent seven hours again on TikTok or any other social media platform. I limit myself. And, and I have to say, the one thing I do appreciate about TikTok is that I get about 25 minutes, 30 minutes into it. And eventually a pop, a, a you know, a person will come on my For You page and say, hey, you've been scrolling an awfully long time. I think it's time to go get a drink, get something to eat, put the phone down. <laughs> and I really appreciate that. So to you all of those it. TikTokers, I, I do. When they tell me to put my phone down, <laughs> I put it down. One of my favorite guys is there's one guy who will just film himself in the mirror. And he's like, hey, go to bed. Stop it. Don't do any more. You know, the rest of TikTok doesn't exist after this video. Go to bed. Right. Done. right. So I do appreciate that, but damn you, man. <laughs> I, I, it's very, very interesting to have the largest following like of all of the platforms be on TikTok for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I didn't expect to do as much as I am is if I ever tell anybody like talk about like, oh, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I'm making TikTok things like that. Or like, maybe you've seen something or like, do you know this person on TikTok? And somebody says they don't have the app. I'm like, good for you, don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish you would have told me that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, probably. I'm pretty sure I did. I was like, do you, you don't, it's a, it, it is a rabbit hole. Everyone's successful. Well, there's, and, there's everything and anything on there. One of my favorite things to do though, is when I meet in, in my business, I come across, right, other young people. And, you know, when I'm out talking to people, when I'm out even just shopping or whatever, um, and I come across anybody in your age group, I often have, you know, if, if the opening is there, I'll talk about your, your page. And so we did this yard sale, right, um, for charity at our at our office uh, two weekends ago. And I think I texted you afterwards to say, hey, I got you five more followers. <laughs> and my, my tagline is I'm getting my son followers one at a time. Oh, yeah. um, but it's fun to kind of say, if you have Instagram or TikTok, you know, my son has a, has a page and he's got a lot of followers. So if you're interested and then I'll show them and their first reaction is always like, oh my gosh, wow, he's got a lot of followers. And then they want to follow to be like the cool kids. Mm-hmm. So who would have thought people would be following me for killer wheels to be like the <laughs> who cool thought kids? your mom would be the one getting you some followers? Hell, like I, there's there's so many parts of this that just shouldn't shouldn't theoretically work. But right. Well, and this is the thing too, and I'm almost jealous of you because I cannot like I can't do that. I like I'll tell people the Orca Man, but there's there's a large part of me that will never say like 
like oh yeah i got like a quarter million followers like like i wouldn't i don't i don't go sharing that information heavily but well if I'm it's, with, dif it's different to brag about it as your mother versus yeah. bragging about it as yourself yeah that being said it is a lot of fun anytime a friend will be like oh yeah he's tiktok famous I'm like questionable but sure <laughs> Well, it's funny card. because some of the people that have come across my For You page and they've, you know, mildly entertained me or I've been, you know, a little bit interested in their content and I'll go to their page and they have like 90,000 followers. I'm like, you got nothing. My, my it son is, is 249. <laughs> it is wild to me because there are a lot of people that I know and have seen continuously that are like, they. there's more people that have viewed their stuff and like their stuff than mine. Yeah. But I'll have more followers than them. And I'm like, I, right, like, I'm confused. But I think there was a point in time in which, and I want to say it was like probably during the summertime that you, you exponentially increased oh no, it, your following. It was ridiculous. It was, yeah. it was the end of, it was like August, September. Um, and I posted one video. You were mad because it, no, no, it wasn't even that one that beat ours. Because at one point in time, my mom and I had the most viewed video on my TikTok. And I was like, what the hell? Uh, it was also my like- Over first a million, million views. views. Yeah, first million mom views Mom was video. on was it. Like, Go check it out. <laughs> it's good. It's a good one. I'll post that one in this like litany of it was, stuff too. It was fun to do. It was great. And it like, it worked. We did it really well. Yeah. And you know what I loved about it is it mm. didn't take my whole day. I mean, what did we do? Two takes? Yeah. That was, that was great. That nothing. was my favorite part about it. Yeah. Two takes, million views later, what? Exactly. Um, yeah. But the other one that I posted, it was in response to the guy known as Casual Geography, um, Mamadou. And mm -hmm. that went up like, it's just like 6.8 right now. And at the oh end, gosh. I did like follow, like, welcome to the world of orcas or something like that. And I think that that pushed a bunch of people in. All my stuff after it was pretty hefty um, as well as beefed up right. with regard to the views and like content I was doing um so it was pretty it was heavy pretty fast yeah at the least yeah and it Which i mean it just shot up yeah <laughs> so well, now we I need was, to get I the next like push 80K. to 500 yeah yeah really that's good. that's the next push right 500 500 by new year's we'll see There's stranger things have happened stranger, stranger things, things have happened. happened you got to post the content that people want to see and will cause you to you know right it's yeah. just a matter of just a matter of getting down and doing it Right. And it's Just so funny because I've seen a couple of things that come through on my For You page that talk about, I didn't realize this was what was going to go viral. And so it seems as though the, the TikToks that people have made that they've really like tried really hard oh, yeah. to like make something, you know, that would go viral don't. And the one, the one-offs, the one like yours and mine that we, the transition one that we did all yeah. of a sudden, like, you know, blew up. The, so. the other one, the other two that have are over a million on my page are the the one that first beat yours was it it took me about five to ten minutes. Right. And it was it was like and it was very, very simple, like very straightforward. The other one took like maybe 20. Right. And I was like, oh, I have a response for this because I know these like because it was about two sharks. Right. Um and it was like so easily accessible. Right. Um, and it crossed, and, and I, I wanna say this too, I think sometimes when you post content that crosses between species or, you know, um, um, you know, people's thought about it, like it's not just always about orca, but it's about orca interacting with 
other species or, you know, ocean life or people or whatever it is. And those cross posts kind of gather in more people that may not necessarily be 100% orca focused, but are shark focused or- Or like are interested in predators. Like, 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 it's like, it's not like I'm interested in orcas. I'm interested in like the behavior that's going on, whatever it might be. Right. Right. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. So I asked dad this when he was on, and it's one of my favorite questions to anybody. And I think I asked, I think I asked Coral as well. When I try to do it to anybody who I've actually like spent a lot of time in the orca world with. Okay. What has been your favorite? What has been your, this is going to do two. What has been your favorite encounter with the orca world, either with by yourself or with me, because you've done your own research as much um, as any parent would uh, in this scenario. But the other one is like one of your most prominent memories of it, because they're like interaction and memory in my head are, two, are maybe two different things. Okay. Like something so, that we, yeah. You got uh, it. Um... All right, I'm going to start with one that I'm super jealous that you and dad got to go to Friday Harbor and he got to see you in that environment for the first time. Yeah. I'm really glad that it was the two of you, but there's a piece of me that was like, hmm. Hmm, how come him? How come not me? But, but that being said, I did get to go to New Zealand with you. That is And true. that trip was amazing. Insane. That trip was insane. Now I'm going to take those off the table because I think to answer the question, um, <clears throat> my favorite memory of you is your first is your is is the first time you saw a live orca. Yeah, and I am still like it still kind of freaks me out a little bit. Because we didn't tell you, you were three. Yeah. Three, had to have been. Yeah. Um, and we took you to SeaWorld when we were in California. We didn't mm-hmm. tell you we were going to SeaWorld. You were, I mean, you were a toddler, right? Yeah, it's like you can barely talk. I mean, you, no, yeah, you were, I mean, you were engaging, but you, I mean, like you weren't, you weren't five. And I took you back when you were five. Yeah. Um, but you were three and we got to the park and we're walking to the gates and your eyes lit up because Shamu's, you know, the Shamu everywhere icon was everywhere. And as I mean, like it was all we could do to hold you back from just running through the turnstiles <laughs> while we tried to give them our tickets and we got through and you took off. Like took off on us. Now you had never been to SeaWorld. I hadn't been to SeaWorld since like I was, you know, a child. What yeah. I, I mean, I can't, I can't even tell you before you, when I went to SeaWorld, I'm sure yeah. I was there. You took off and veered left and went down this ramp and I'm chasing you now dad's or maybe dad was chasing you one of us had Jackie because she was the infant and one of us is chasing you because we're like yo where are you going (laughs) it was as if you had sonar you knew exactly where that tank was and by the time dad caught up to you you had gone down the ramp 
to the underwater viewing of the orca tank. Mm-hmm. And you were plastered to that glass. And when I got down there, I looked at your father and I was like, how did he know this is where it was? Like, that was the thing to me that just, it's still like, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting goosebumps on my skin thinking about that idea that you just, you just knew that that's where it was. And it's not that you could read the signs that pointed to the Shamu show or the Shamu tank or anything. You just innately knew that it was that first tank, you know, inside the gate and, and you took off. And so that memory, and then I remember getting you as close as we possibly could. And, it, and there's that picture of you with the whale being weighed in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, and, and just the smile on your face. And, you know, the September after that um, was when our house was robbed and they took the video court, the camcorder with the video of this all going down. So that was lost, but yeah. we still had the photographs from the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, like that's a, that's a memory, like the first time and you just knew where they were and you just <laughs> like, and we could, I think we saw the Shamu show that day. I don't know. Every, every, all of them. every time, every time it ran, yeah. we were there. Yeah. Yeah. Because what, like, what else would we be doing? No. Lions, uh, you know, <laughs> no, so we went. I mean, we tried to go to the other shows in between, but you were like, okay, okay, the, the next one's at two. We gotta be, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was that was okay. So, what were the two questions? The first one was so like an memory. interaction I had. So, so memory, and then something that we have shared in the Orca world that can be a whole number of things. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I I think I think the thing that I've learned is how family-like orcas are. Okay, that is something that I didn't know, didn't understand. I mean, they were just the largest mammal in the sea. They were just you know, like any other predatory animal in the sea, like sharks or whatever. And you have brought to light more information about how they travel as a family. They watch out for each other. They nurture and care for each other. They mourn. Um, And I think the most interesting thing that I've learned is how when the transients encounter the residents, there's definite distinction between the two pods and there is a maybe healthy respect between the two, but they don't ever fight each other. They just move on, ignore each other. They don't interact. They don't intertwine. They don't cross over, but it's like, yeah, I know you're there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go over here. here. I'll be over here. You, we're good, you know? And so that kind of, that kind of thought process and, and really, you know, learning a little bit more about orca um, um, interaction and, and behavior 
has yeah. really been interesting for me because it's not something I ever thought of or thought that I'd ever, you know, be interested in or even knew existed. Yeah, no. And then uh, as many people in general, that's yeah. one of the things I forget who I was talking to recently. I was talking to, no, it was um, Michelle. She has another podcast far from Eden. She had me on recently. And she yeah. asked me the question like, like, hey, like this is like an insanely large part of your life. So when you're going and you're talking about it and you're getting invested, like the, the drive for people to get information quickly or to be able to know everything that's going on, like how do you wrestle with kind of the pressure of being able to do that? Right. And my very first and continue, like will be my answer forever is um, majority of people don't nor need to give a shit. <laughs> like I want them to, and I want them to because it's exciting and important right. in a lot of ways. But at the end of the day, there's for for any for any like person that isn't invested in the world in some way, right. to get into it is not something that you will casually come across. Right, right. And it's like it's not it's not something that you need to know. I don't need to know how lighting works for Broadway shows. Right. I just need to know that when I go there, it works. It works. And yeah. I think that's important too, that you can, you can learn things about, you know, you're, you're teaching people about orca behavior and, and, you know, habitat and everything else. Um, and you don't necessarily need to be an orca maniac to be interested in that or yeah. to learn something from it. Um, one of the guys of that fun. blew up recently on TikTok is one of those guys that when somebody poses a question, he'll like, answer the question and segue into some fact, some random fact. Have you seen this guy? Oh yeah. And, and I think he just blew up recently or whatever, uh, you know, got, gained like however many followers of that. But like, even those little facts, like when I see him come across my For You page, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And you know, one-off facts or something like that, but you provide that, right? You provide that in the, in the Orca universe of, mm -hmm. you know, by the way, did you know, like I loved the one you did about the, the two orca that kind of like are the bullies yeah are they are they bullies is that what, they, like, you we, you can call them bullies they're like they're they're like the bash brothers of the like south african coast oh right right yeah and so you know and, and you know and so you you did that little you you did that about them and mm. the tiktok about them and i was like oh damn okay <laughs> you know like it it's, was an interesting that, it was an interesting thing to understand and it was like that was the 6 million viewed one. Right. Like, right. like that's the one everybody looks at and there's like, oh dude, like there's like Orca Brash Brothers out there and like people were going insane. Like that was, right. that was what got them. Right, I, I love the way you interact with the people that comment or, um, <clears throat> you know, the, even even the, the information that you bring. Like, I think it's really entertaining, um, so. So, well, I, this is another thing I was thinking about even when we were talking before, because the two things that I'm really invested in and really are like the two things that we've talked about that I'm really enjoy and like, yeah. like really brings me like a lot of excitement are really two stories. Okay. At the end of the day, like Harry Potter, as much as it's a world, I really enjoy the story and the way that it's carried out. My favorite right. scene in the entire... I love Quidditch. I love the idea of, and then like the, the storyline of Oliver Wood tossing up golf balls and like hitting them like hundreds of yards and then Harry like trying to go and get them. Like that was, it's a really, like, I, I like the story aspect of it. And like, there, there's so many aspects to it that are important, but with killer whales, like 
at the end of the day, like I am living out as much as I physically can, like stepping into the world of Jesse and free willing. Like that at the end of the day is what I'm doing. And the storytelling that got me into it, I think I've tried to use that more right? in terms of like getting other people interested. And even recently, like I didn't, I applied for history. I applied for a master's in history this past yeah. year, which yeah. is in, I, you can tell, I hated history. <laughs> it I was not, enjoy history. It was not what you were looking to do. No, no it was not definitely not. It, was, it wasn't what I was good at. Like it wasn't right. something that interested me. And then I found orca stories that revolved around history. And now like one of the, my favorite like periods of time, like my favorite like period of stories is like the or 1960s to 1980s in the Pacific Northwest and all of the stories of the people that were there. Right. And so, yeah, well, I- I, I wonder, I wonder, so do you, so you remember the movie Whale Rider? Yeah. That sticks with me. And, you know, more like Free Willy definitely in terms of you, but when we watched, when we, watched Whale Rider, I think the thing that hit home was, mm-hmm. and, and I wonder if you have or are planning on exploring more the connection of Native people and their relationship to Orca in the wild. Yeah. Because that story, based in New Zealand, right, um, really kind of hit home about how the native people of New Zealand viewed their relationship, not just with nature, I mean, which is huge, but with orca particularly, right? Specifically with that species. And um, I, I, you know, like that'd be something that I I would find personally, I would find that, you know, more like entertaining to understand or or informative and, and I'm, you know, that's interesting to me. Because yeah. that's not something that every culture has, every community of people have Definitely. that relationship, that de- that definitive relationship. I so. think one thing, yeah, one thing with that that I'm actually looking forward to a lot is like different parts of the world, and even different like the Pacific Northwest is host to like hundreds if not thousands of indigenous communities up and down both the United States, Canada, right. and even once you get down to Mexico. And orcas in every part of them that are intertwined in some or like in some kind of way to a bunch right. of the different communities. So I can only imagine too, the similarities and differences as you go across. Right. Cause they're like, there's going to be a thousand and one stories to uncover because everybody is going to have their entrance and relationship to it. And also to this, right. well, there's, there's like a number of things that go to play into the factors. Of that. Well, I, I thought it was interesting that, you know, the movie Free Willy kind of touched upon that in a very small way with Randall. Yeah. But it didn't explore that in any depth. Well, Whereas no, Whale was... Rider explored that in depth. Yeah. Right. More so. So, right. And, and highlighted that. And, and, you know, I think people think of killer whales and they automatically go to SeaWorld and Shamu, but there is so much more rich history of, inter, you know, human interaction with, with um, orca yeah. than, than that even scratches the surface of. So definitely. Yeah, definitely. that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
All right, we're hitting up on about an hour. I will give you the decision now. We can extend for a couple minutes if you want to talk more. Otherwise, we can wrap it up and finish for today. Well, do you have any other burning questions that you think people would want to know from your mom? Burning questions? I don't think so. What I can do is post somewhere and then have them send you questions that you can answer. Okay. Give you like even the login for the Instagram. I'd be, I'd be open to, I'd be open to corresponding or, you know, um, yeah. Answering Orca related questions, Orca man related questions and your history with Orca, (laughs) you know, you know, whatever it is, Orca, everything Orca. Um, I will, I will leave with this one thought and I think it kind of has driven you to doing the work that you're doing now in terms of bringing information and knowledge to people about Orca. Yeah. When Don Brancho died, um, that was 2010. Mm-hmm. You were 11 years old. Yep. And I remember hearing about it on the news and thinking, and, and I remember having the conversation with your dad, like we have to tell him and this is going to be hard. So we finally, you know, because you were going to hear about it. And at that point, you didn't have a phone. You weren't on social media. There was no, there was none of that connectivity, but we knew you'd hear about it or somebody would hear about it and tell you. Yeah. So I remember sitting down with you and we shared it and let you watch the news story about it. And your reaction was so insightful and so thoughtful because you commented on the fact that she loved this animal. This was not, you understood that this was not, she was not torturing this animal. She was not messing with this animal in some wrong way that caused him to get angry, that she loved this animal. And there, playfulness just went to another level and you commented that this would make people scared to be whale trainers and so then therefore even more that you needed to work towards being a whale trainer because other people would be scared due to this incident and the orca in captivity would need people to step up and take care of them And that just kind of, that sits with me even now because it wasn't about the fame or it wasn't about the show or it wasn't about the the fear of, of being killed or anything that drove you. It was the fact that they would still need caretakers. Yeah. And that incident could possibly, um, persuade people not to take care of them because of that. Um, And so I remember it just sat with me. And I think that's, I think that's really valuable as Orca man to Mm -hmm. kind of think about is that you were always concerned with the well-being of the animal and that's valuable. Well, there's, I've never heard that. I've never heard that story from you. Mm. So one, thank you for even sharing it. But 
when when I saw Free Willy, let's bring it all the way back. So when we're looking at the reasons that anybody gets excited, sometimes you don't know why something excites you. What is the aspect of it that brings you joy? Right. With like killer whales, the whale training was, it was exciting and it was fun, but you're right. It wasn't for the fame. It wasn't because they were jumping off the orcas. It wasn't because of like the prestige of the job as far as I could tell as a, as a 10 year old because of free willy and the reason that i like free willy so much and i think i've like really honed this in and tried to wrestle with it and try to figure out like what what is it about this fucking movie that has gotten me so incredibly like ingrained that it is every time i watch it it is like a religious experience like i right. don't i don't understand where that comes from and i sincerely believe as far as i've been able to piece it out it comes from the relationship that jesse has with will yeah it's yeah they did such a great job of kind of writing the story of these two characters who no one really cared about until someone else showed up for for willie that was jesse for jesse that was his foster parents and so seeing the two of them come together and like in the artful way that the movie definitely displayed yeah that like that was an idea that I could get behind. Right. And it's, it's an idea that you can get behind going like, it's, it's the ultimate idea. What do you want to do? I want to, I want to build relationships that like lift me and those around me up. Literally up and over the. <laughs> over the wall. <laughs> yeah. Into the, into the vast ocean and back to into your the, family. Into the vast ocean and back to your family. Right. Back to home. And. in a number of ways i'm interested because coral has mentioned like a lot of parallels between how i've like set myself up and present myself and work and like jesse in the films i want to hear definitely that but if, i think the thing about the story you just told was that i didn't realize how core that was from the beginning right i knew i knew it was something that i could recognize now and like understand my, my current story but i didn't i didn't know it was that central. I think it's I think it's great that you like, you know, you're thinking about that, about what it was about Free Willy. Because as a two-year-old, when we bought that minivan <laughs> and popped in that movie because it was the only was, movie we had. Yeah. That um and if I mean at some point, have you shared your college essay? I haven't shared it publicly. No, it's gonna go on to it's going to go on to Patreon as soon as I drop it. So okay. keep an eye out for that. So, but. Okay. Yeah. Patreon. So um, I think you could see yourself in Jesse. Yeah. And not that you had an experience, anything similar to what Jesse went through as a child, um, you know, being abandoned by his mother, living on the street, being picked up by foster parents, being in and out of juvie, whatever. Like, yeah, obviously that is not your experience, but that, connectivity that he had with that whale and finally had something that he cared about yeah so you saw you know you could see yourself 
caring like he cared. And that I think was, you know, was the key, right? Caring mm -hmm. about that. Um, yeah, I think too, when you talk about jumping over that wall or making that leap over the wall, I can make the connection too, to it, it takes a village that yeah. we can't just, it's, it's never gonna be just your nuclear family that helps you find your way, but it's the village of everybody. Willie could never have gotten out without Jesse and Jesse could never have helped Willie without Randall and without um, Glenn. Randolph and Glenn, Glenn was the dad. Glenn was the dad and the mom. This is sad. Mm, trivia, what's the mom's yeah. name in Free Willy? Anyway, <clears throat> it took that village and even the other trainer, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it takes a village. It takes a village. And I, yeah. you know, we've always promoted that to you kids that, you know, we're, we're sure we're always going to be your nucleus family, but you need, you need your village to help you. You need, you need that entire surrounding community to help you get where you want to be. So we yeah. need all of you people out there to get your friends and family to follow Orca Man <laughs> on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and now, one final and... plug for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's mom getting you followers one at a there, time. There you are. There you are. <laughs> well, I'm super proud of you. Well, thank you. Super I, proud of you. It it amazes me and it excites me every time that I kind of look at the story and where I'm at. Yeah. Because as much as I've had to do with all of it, the only reason that I was able to take any step forward was because you guys were like, yeah, you can. You can. Like, we don't, we don't need to give you permission to like be interested and go forward. And we can point you in the right direction to be able to indulge with excitement to right. everything you want. Right. And that's, that's something that not a lot of people in general, let alone parents do. I, I wish, I wish there was a way I could help people understand that more. Well, maybe this is one. Maybe. Maybe this is one. All right. I think this is a beautiful place to end off. Excellent. So thank you for finally coming on. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> finally. It, it took dad got first. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was the one who did mention it. Oh, doing the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, stands to reason he should be your first. Yeah. Yes. That's all right. I there will be more. There might be one day where I have you both inside a studio in British Columbia. We'll oh, because I have notes from your podcast. Yeah, we will go through those next time. <laughs> you give Dad and I pointers. There were a lot of, there were, a lot of wrong. there were errors, you know, in dates, timelines. Of yeah. course, of course. Yeah, I have it written down. Know. By the way, <laughs> we'll, we'll get it all together for that. Then. <laughs> thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I love you. And I love you too. And thank you everybody for listening. Once again, I am the Orca Man and I hope you have a wonderful day.